listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Hey, last night was awesome, right? It was incredible, incredible night. Um, yeah, my name is Chad Dingle, and this is my family. That's my wife, Angel, uh, and my two boys, Brody's the oldest, and Abram is the shortest, youngest. They're studs. They're incredible kids. Um, hey, I want to start by honoring uh, Pastor Philip and, and Kelly. Um, y'all have some amazing pastors here, right? Y'all senior pastors are... I'll tell you what, over the past um, a little over a year, I've, I've went through some transitions and some, some challenging times, and, and Pastor Phillips stepped up and has been a, a, a true friend to me. Uh, one, one day, we, uh, me and my family, uh, it was, I think right after we had transitioned out of Healing Place, came to church here, and my wife said uh, about Philip, uh, she, she said, that man will never know what he means to me because he's been such a supporter of mine, and, and I just appreciate you so much, and the, your heart, true heart for people. I, we were in church uh, just a couple of Sundays ago, and you were really pumping this conference, and I text uh, Pastor Robert, I was like, man, you have no idea how blessed you are to have a pastor that supports and loves the hurting like he does, um, and it's authentic, so I uh, appreciate you, man, you're a great friend. Uh, this is kind of a funny story, so when I was younger, I was... Uh, I was a jerk. I was not nice. I don't know why. I was just wired wrong from the start. I was born with uh, a heart defect. And um, so um, there was this poor little British kid. that His name was Craig. And, uh, man, I used to pick on Craig so bad. And finally the principal said, if you pick on him one more time, you're going to copy the English dictionary. I was like, all right, I ain't, I ain't doing it anymore. So, but I love the British. Amen. I was actually, we, we were here on Independence Day last year, and I thought that was just, there's no other church to be at on Independence Day than Heartsease Church. Um, Robert and Amanda, man, y'all are incredible, man. I appreciate y'all. Uh, y'all have done a phenomenal job with uh, Crossroads, and I mean, it is, it is truly awesome. And, and putting on this conference was not an easy task, believe me. I was on the group text with poor Robert just trying to beg all these divas to send in their notes. You know, and, and, and I heard that um, um, Pastor Philip was the last to send his in. Uh, I thought I was bad, but yeah, you, you've killed it. You've done a great job. And then last night, Kristen, phenomenal job last night. I mean, um, you know, last night when I was trying to go to sleep, I was, well, I was looking over my notes and stuff and, and praying. And, and I was like, you lived my message that I have this morning. You, you live it. And uh, I just honor you and, and what you've done with uh, Door of Hope. I mean, you're doing incredible things. And, and you, you found your cause. You found that thing that keeps you awake at night, and you're going at it. And that is so awesome. So keep it up. Y'all are doing incredible things. Um, so, yeah, uh, Pastor Robert asked me to speak on freedom from the past. 
so that's what we're going to do. Let's pray. Father God, Lord Jesus, we love you so much, Lord. Father, we all walk through so much pain in our lives, Lord. This life is not easy. You know this. Father, and I pray uh, this morning, Lord, you would help us, Lord, that you would speak through me, Lord, to, to allow the past to be just that, the past. And you would help us to walk in to the promises you have for us, Lord. We would start to walk into the things you have for our lives, Lord. Father, I pray that you would speak to hearts, that you would speak through me, that you would uh, help me to speak clearly. And, and uh, Father, I just uh, ask that we would all leave here challenged and changed, Lord. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, so I'm going to kind of summarize slash scan the uh, uh, John 4. It's the story of the Samaritan woman at the well. Y'all familiar with that story? So I'm going to kind of skim it and then just kind of point out a few uh, highlights. So Jesus was, he was traveling, you know, they traveled on foot back then or on donkey, but he was on foot and they were, he was tired. So he stopped at a well to get a drink. Sounds like a smart thing to do. Um, It was about noontime. And so he stops and a woman walks up. So Jesus is at this well, tired, beat, alone, no bucket, no rope. And uh, some, a woman comes up. She was a Samaritan woman. And apparently back then Jews were very racist. They didn't like Samaritans, right? So Samaritan woman walks up, but he's Jesus. He's like, hey, can you get me a drink of water? And uh, she's like, um, sir, um, I'm a Samaritan woman. And Jesus is like, I don't care. I'm thirsty, you know. And um, so they kind of go back and forth. And, um, and, and so she said, you know, how are you going to get a drink? You don't have a bucket. You don't have water. And Jesus is like, okay, I, <clears throat> I think Jesus like to mess with people a little bit, it kind of seems like. And so, um, so she said, uh, let's see, where'd she say this? Um, uh, how can you offer uh, water better than this? You know, that, that uh, this was Jacob's well and stuff. So, so um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got lost in my, in my mind. Um, any, okay, so Jesus says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I'll give will never be thirsty again. So this woman says, please, sir, um, give me this water. Then I won't have to be thirsty again. I won't have to come walk here to get water. And uh, so she's kind of thinking with a selfish mindset and, and thinking about herself and how this would be convenient for her. And um, Jesus says, Go get your husband. I mean, that's, that's a strange response, right? Say, so, you know, oh, give me some of this water. He goes, go get your husband. Uh, and, and she goes, I don't have a husband. He's like, you're right. You, uh, you, ha- you don't have a husband. You have had five husbands. You're not even married to the dude you're shacking up with now. You have certainly spoken the truth. And uh, so then the woman tries to change the subject and asks about some theological deal. And Jesus kind of answers her. Um, and they kind of dialogue back and forth. Uh, then the disciples come back, and, um, and, and so one thing I thought was awesome about this story, I'm going to go ahead and summarize the rest. The woman says, um, she leaves, right? He calls her out. He calls her out. You, you, yeah, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and you're not even married to the guy you're with now. Uh, she leaves. Disciples come back, and she runs into the town, and this is the uh, part I just think is so cool. Um, this part of the uh, scripture is labeled many Samaritans believe. It says many Samaritans from the, belie- the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. Um, and that's really um, the, the real you know, piece that I want to focus on tonight is he told me everything I ever did. See, like the Samaritan woman, we all have a past, right? Yeah. We, we all have shame. We all have pain. We all have a hard past. And uh, just like her. Um, 
you know, and we hear quotes sometimes. I, I know I have, you know, let the past be the past, you know, or, or the most helpful one. I, I don't know if this has helped you. It definitely didn't help me is get over it, right? That doesn't help anybody, does it? Um, so for me, um, you know, I have a past to kind of overcome and, and to get over, a past that I have to, uh, you know, not let hold me back. Um, and I wasn't even planning on sharing this, but during, during worship, God laid on my heart because uh, Bobby Jackson was trying to uh, dog on me, you know, that saying that I was raised in a perfect family and a uh, rich kid, never done drugs, all this stuff. But, you know, I had a very, uh, very tough time in school. And so this is not fun for me to share. Um, and, and I went from school to school to school. But it wasn't because I was a bad dude. You know what I mean? It's not because I was uh, so bad I just kept getting kicked out. It was because I had trouble academically in school. And, um, you know, I, I believe that that's where a lot of my behavior issues came from. Because I could definitely excel at being bad and being a jerk. I was really good at it, and I could turn up the notch and do even better. So had a lot of trouble in school. Went from school to school. My parents sent me to private schools. I went, I, the crazy thing is, this, and, and this is either the truth or a lie my mom told me to make me feel better about myself. When I was younger, you know, she had me tested, and I tested near genius in the IQ test. People laugh at that. Thank you for that laugh. Um, <laughs> But for some reason, in the first grade, it went away. Like, I don't know what happened, you know. And so, uh, really struggled in school. And, and let me tell you, I still have to, uh, I still have issues with teachers. Do we have any teachers in the room? Retired teachers. Okay, I got issues. We got issues, but, but, but I'm working on it. It's not on you, it's on me, and it's on the other bad teachers. Um, so, like, I would, they reduced the amount of spelling words that I had to memorize because I struggled in spelling, still struggle with spelling. And um, so this one teacher, man, she was awful. This lady was and is the spawn of Satan. So I did my reduced number of spelling words, but that doesn't make you feel better about yourself. And I'm not a a, a lazy person. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to attempt the other ones. You know what I mean? Like the other kids. So I did. I tried them, failed them. This woman, I almost cussed just then, put a big F on my paper and said, Chad, you're not even supposed to do all these words in front of all my classmates. I mean, it made me feel like an idiot, you know, and so that's where my bitterness towards teacher comes from, teachers come from. But so, you know, the thing that, you know, that did, it, it, it started a path of destruction. It started, you know, I come from a good family. My parents got saved when I was about 15 years old through my bad had I not had school uh, struggles, we would have never ended up at Christian Life where my parents never would have met Brother Wayne Austin because I was so bad. They went to his office all the time, saw Jesus within him. He referred her to uh, my parents to uh, Trinity, which was where they met Pastor Dino. And, and my whole family was transformed because of my... And then let me tell you all something about the faithfulness of God. You hear about double for your troubles? I have double the intelligence today that I did back then. That's a lie. I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, what that does for me today, what, how that past holds me back is it makes me, it tells me you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You can't do it. You cannot do it. You failed. You failed. You failed. Uh, so that's really my past, the big part of my past that holds me back the most. And I do have some drugs, street credit too, Bobby Jackson. Um, the other night my family came, my parents came over for dinner and I got more than this. This is just the latest story. I had no idea. My parents knew I used to steal their pain pills. So they brought it up 
And I, I didn't know how to react. I didn't think it was cool. I was like, <laughs> oh. Um, but they, I mean, of course, they're forgiven and stuff. But I was like, it was awkward. So there's my. But here's. <laughs> Tall and all threes aren't. <laughs> Dude, it was ibuprofen, man. It was, it was their, their cough medicine, their codeine and stuff, man. No. But, you know, um, how do we overcome? Because. You know, we all have past. We all have pain. We all have, you know, things that were either brought on ourselves. You know, what I, you know, it was either provoked. People did them to us, or it was self-provoked. We, how do we overcome and find freedom from the past? And this is one thing I believe God spoke to me. I believe the key to having freedom from your past is letting your past have purpose. Wow. Romans eight twenty eight is one of the scriptures. Uh, sometimes I feel silly because I cannot preach ever without quoting Romans 8.28. It's just so much hope. It's so much promise. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That's a promise that God's going to use your past. He's going to use our past. Um, He'll use your past mistakes, the the mistakes we make along the way. I mean, how many of y'all know, even when you're in obedience, I mean, we're, we're flawed people. We will make mistakes. Man, God will use them. And he, he will um, use that pain um, so that we can have purpose. Amen? Um, so how do we do that? How do we let our, pa- our past have purpose? What does it take? Uh, the first thing that God spoke to me was uh, you have to make, we have to make peace with our past. Uh, John 4.39, you know, is, is where she says, He told me everything I ever did. You know, if you think about that, what could she have done in that moment? I mean, here she is. So, so Jesus said, she goes, you know, there is, a, you know, supposedly there's a Messiah coming. And he's like, hey, you idiot lady, I am the Messiah, okay? Point blank, I am the Messiah. She goes back. I mean, so the Messiah says, I know that you are a uh, friendly lady, you know? I know you like the men. You, you, you're very generous with that loving and, and you know, it's funny, I was doing sermon prep, and um, I, I was, I, there was a certain phrase that I learned from a, a rap lyric. And I was like, oh, that would be kind of funny. Well, then I Urban Dictionary did. I was like, no, 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 can't say that one. Um, I knew about what it meant, but I didn't know the details of it. Um, so um, and this is the point where I fight not going ahead and saying it. Um, she could have, no, 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 no. I'll tell you later. Um, so... So what she, the Savior, the Messiah, I am the Messiah, says, I know you sleep around. She went to the well at noontime, the hardest, hottest part of the day, not for convenience, but so she was, could duck everybody. She, did, she was shameful. She was ashamed of who she had become, who she was, what she was known for. She was ashamed. So she went the hottest part of the day to get water, which is like counterproductive, you know, because you're ultra thirsty when you get there. So what could she have done? Hey, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five, and you're not even married to the dude you're living with now. She goes back into the town. She could have said, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I mean, the Messiah knows I'm a hoe. Messiah knows that I sleep around. He, he, I mean, this is humiliating. I mean, when am I supposed to get water now? I run into the Messiah at noon, so now I can't go at noontime. I feel like such a, I mean, what am I going to do? I need to move Maybe I should move somewhere else. That's what I should do. I'm going to run from this issue. No. 
She runs to the city, and I just picture her excited, like, come meet the man that sent him a hoe. Come meet the dude that said I, I sleep around. Could he be the Messiah? Like, like the response was totally opposite of what it should have been. She should have had further shame. She should have been like, dang, the, whole, the, the Savior of the world just, just called me out. I'm going to go crawl under a rocking, and I'm going to kill myself. Suicide would, would probably be one of her first thoughts, but it wasn't. Come meet the man that told me everything I ever did. Like, join me in hearing about our garbage, guys. It's awesome. And then, I mean, so make peace with the past. It's there, you know. The shame is there. The pain is there. Make peace with it. It, it, it is what it is. Because the, the, the thing is, God's going to use that for a purpose, just like he did for this Samaritan woman. I believe that, that those uh, words are there to give people like us encouragement that, man, your pain is going to bring many to know Christ because many believed after that. Amen. So once you cross over to that, um, that point of, you know, there's no more shame in what you did. Um, you think about it. You hear tough stories all the time. I have never, I've sat in some rough testimonies. I've heard some rough stories. And I have never thought, ooh, gross, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Or, I remember when I was in college. College kids are a tough crowd to reach, right? We're at the L.A., I mean, the um, uh, St. Louis Dream Center, Joyce Myers Dream Center, and this guy stands in front of a bunch of college students and talks about his past of being a homosexual. And it was in, not detail, but enough detail to be like, you know, uh, like he was like the, the, the Breck Park guy, you know what I'm saying? The anonymous, like, gave us, he didn't tell us the sexual details, but the details of, of the reality. It wasn't like some sweet little husband-husband relationship. Yeah. And, and I remember my thought back then was, I had respect for this man. I was like, God, oh, he's standing in front of all this and telling super embarrassing testimony. It was no judgment at all. Never do you hear a testimony. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying is once you get over, man, when you p- tell people where you've been, nobody judges. That's all in your head. Amen. The second thing is forgive the past. Um. You know, by, by not, you know, and this is, I want to speak to people that have hurt you. You know, by, by you not forgiving the people that have hurt you, the people that do not deserve forgiveness, you're continuing to let them hurt you. They continue to have power over your life. So you have to forgive the past. Um, there's a quote I heard on TV just this week. It's, I think they have a slide. Don't be a victim twice. Murphy Law Firm. Do you know, I'm sorry, Pastor, I sold this space to Murphy Law Firm. They're paying me uh, $1,000 to put that up. But don't be a victim twice, you know? That's a joke. Unless somebody screenshot that and tag me and see if he'll send me some money. But don't be a victim twice, you know? There are so many unfair circumstances. You can take that down. That's enough of that. Um, there are so many unfair circumstances. I mean, kids that just... Their childhood gets stolen from them. Uh, Their innocence gets stolen from them. But the problem is uh, they never um, get past it and and allow that to to become the past. And they never forgive so that they can have the rest of their life in freedom. And so they become a victim their whole lives. Their past never, it never becomes the past. It's always the current for the rest of their lives. Um, 
you know, it's um, for the Samaritan woman. You know, I thought about this. No, no uh, little girl wakes up one morning and says, you know what, I'm, I, I hope to get married one day. And then divorced. And then married. And then divorced. And then married and divorced. And that's, that's awesome. I'm going to have five weddings. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, a, I'm an overachiever. I don't just dream of my wedding day. I dream of every wedding day. I believe something probably happened to her. I believe somebody hurt her. Something happened to, to make her go down that road. Something happened that was unfair, and, and it led her down that path. And then, then she hits this turning point where she meets the Messiah and has that opportunity to, to forgive that past, forgive that man that hurt her, forgive that person, the mo- mother wounds, father wounds, whatever was there that caused her to search for love through relationships, she, she, she had an opportunity to forgive that and move past that. Amen? I believe that's what it was. I bet her dad rolled out on her. And she didn't have the love of her father. And so she looked for love from men and through sex. And, and, and that's, that's probably what led her down that path. But then she had an opportunity to accept forgiveness and give forgiveness. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. We have to forgive. It's, it's one of those things that they don't deserve it, but neither do we, right? Uh, we don't deserve forgiveness for our sins, but we get it anyway. Praise God. And, and you know, there's different, man, sometimes every single morning you have to wake up and decide to forgive that person. Um, so, and, and sometimes it looks like, man, you forgive them. That don't mean you have to have them in your life, but, but I forgive them. You know, if, 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 uh, you, if you had a parent that harmed you as a child, that doesn't mean you let them babysit your babies, right? But you forgive them. Be smart, but forgive. Uh, third thing, accept forgiveness from the past. This is sometimes one of the hardest things. We have to forgive ourselves. He told me everything I ever did, but he still showed me love and kindness. I mean, you know, she has to come to a point. The Samaritan woman has to come to a point where, you know what, those five, that was six mistakes or, or maybe five mistakes. And this sixth one that I'm living with now, we're going to make things right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek. I'm going to go to my pastor. I'm going to say, hey, look, I'm living with this guy. I, I do love him. Uh, how, how, what, what should I do? You know, I want to make this right. And, 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 and listening to that leadership. But accepting forgiveness. She has to accept the forgiveness. She has to accept the, the fact that she made some mistakes along the way and, and, and kind of embrace that past and, and let the Lord use it. You know, once you uh, accept that and, and bring those things to the light, they lose their power. You know, once you come to a point, you, were, you had all this hidden sin, you get called out uh, and, and there's all this just this pain and this stuff that's just built up. Once you start to talk about it, it really loses its, its, its the devil loses that ability. The enemy uses their ability to use it against you because you're, you're willingly talking about it. You know, you're not like, hey man, I, I, I've been forgiven. Let me, let me tell you what I've been forgiven of. And you start to talk about it, it loses its power. It's powerful. It's helpful. Um, and, and when you start to see your past pain and mistakes and problems be used for a great purpose, tell you what it brings much much healing and much freedom because it it it, it takes the it makes you almost thankful for for your past it makes you thankful for the wrong things that were done to you which is crazy 
But this is God we're dealing with, you know, and, and he makes uh, unrealistic things realistic. And so he will make a, a horrible situation that was unfair. And, and once you see it being used, so once you're starting to, you talk to somebody, man, let me tell you something. Uh, I was molested or, or I, 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 I got in a drunk driving accident. I killed somebody or whatever your story is. When, when someone comes to you with a similar thing, let me tell you about what I did and what God was able to set me from. That connection right there is almost, it, it's worth it. You know what I mean? You, you become like, man, thank God he was, I went through that so that I could help this person. It makes it so worth it. Romans 8.1, so now there is no con- condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. It's over, man. There is no condemnation. He loves you. He forgives you. And now you have to forgive yourself. The fourth thing <clears throat> is credit the small steps. This is something a lot of people fall into. Um, you know, we're here, but we want to be where they are. You, you start to compare yourself uh, with, with others uh, who were, were there before us, you know. You, you give your life to Christ and automatically you want it all, you know. And you, you, you compare yourself to the other Christians in the room who've been doing it a little longer than you. And, and, and you want to be where they are. So, so what ends up happening is you start skipping steps in the process, you know. Gave my life to Jesus. All right, give me that wife. Give me the wife. Give me my rib, Lord. I want my rib. That's the spiritual way to say my wife. But I mean, you miss the things along your way. If God gives you your wife right when you get saved, well, guess what? You don't get raised up as a man of God when it's just you and God. That is one of the best times of your walk is when it is a man and God or a woman and God. Because he gets to raise you up to prepare you for what he has next for you. And so what we want to do, we want to rush the process because we are people who like instant gratification. I want what I want when I want it. You know, I want to feel good right now. Let me snort some coke. I want what I want right now. Let me do some drugs. I want to have my wife right now. Let me find that wife. Not trusting God. And it's not just relationships. It's, it's everything along the way. Um, man, we don't, so many fall, they, 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 the pride kicks in and they don't want someone to take them under their wing. What a blessing to have somebody. I'll tell you what, I had um, a great example of a father and husband. My, my dad was a great husband and father, but uh, he gave his life to God when I was 15 years old. I, I do math, but I, like I told you, I'm not smart. He's 60 years old, I'm 37, so that's enough information for y'all to figure it out. But um, I just did. It's 35, right? Is that right? 60 minus 15? Eh, that's sad. I'm not trying right now. I'm thinking about how to get out of this part of this, what I'm doing right now, you know? I never had anybody to really disciple me. I had people that, you know, gave me opportunities to serve. I gave people, that, you know, that gave me opportunities to do things. But I never had anybody really take me under my wing, ever. And so I have, I really try to do that. Like the guys I minister to, the, you know, we have a transitional, we have a, a ministry that helps guys get, men and women get into rehabs. We have transitional house. Uh, and now uh, in a month we'll have houses for men after they get out of rehab. So we have these guys that, you know, we get to minister to. And, and the, I really try to advise them, give them feedback and, and help guide them because I never had that. But man, it is tough. Um, when someone doesn't want to listen, you know, it's like, man, you're making bad decisions, bro, but they don't, I don't want to be told. I don't want to be told. 
man, it is such a blessing to have someone that cares enough about your walk with Christ, cares enough about your freedom and what God has called you to do to, to take the time to call you and have an awkward conversation. Hey, bro, you're going down the wrong path. Girl, you are making some bad decisions. You need to stay single for a little while. Establish your relationship with Jesus. I mean, but, but for some reason, that pride kicks in. We don't want to be under somebody's wing. We want to have people under our wings. I'm the mama bird here, you know? Um, but, but we don't credit those small steps, man. Those, those early stages of your development are key. Those early steps, you know, the Bible talks about drinking milk. You know, it says, when you were young, I fed you milk because you weren't yet ready for meat. There is nothing wrong with when, when, I had, when we had our babies, our two little boys, we didn't give them sirloin. I didn't give them ribeyes. We fed them milk because they weren't ready for that meat. And they, they needed that nourishment so they could prepare them for what God had later for them and what life had later for them. Does that make sense? Uh, Proverbs 13.20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Man, when I was trying to get my life back on track, um, for the first five times, I think, I made the mistake of, man, I can still, like... Um, I think uh, Robert said it about going to the bar and being the designated driver. The lie I fell into and 99.9, of the people fall into is I can show my friends that I can still go out and have a good time without drinking. If you're just giving your life to Jesus, you will hear that lie. It is a lie. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. Because every time I tried to do that, I did worse drugs and made a bigger fool of myself. The final time, and this wasn't the final time I fell, but the final time that I committed my life to Christ and stayed committed to Christ, even through my failures, um, I did this. Man, I, got, I spent time with people w- that were where I wanted to be. I became that awkward dude in the room that cussed sometimes and, and, uh, and, and you know, said bad things sometimes. But I was hanging around people that were wise. And then lay, as time went on, I grew and got stronger and stronger and, and got established to where... I, I, was, I could stand. But, man, I, I used to fall into that trap of, hey, we're going to do this together. You know, it sounds so beautiful, doesn't it? Hey, we're going to get sober together. We're going to do this. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because gravity is real. And, man, if, if I'm walking with my brother, he falls, he's pulling me down. That, it, it happens every time. You have to get around people that are where you want to be. So don't skip those small steps. Enjoy those small steps. Enjoy being a baby. Being a baby is like, man, no responsibility. People are taking care of you. Hey, come on, man. Let me introduce you to some people. Hey, he's new here. It's cool being, if you enjoy it and credit the small steps, it's cool being the new guy. Because you're special. You're introduced. Once you're old news, he's just walking around. Here's Chad. There's Pastor Philip. Oh, Pastor Philip's here. Pastor, 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 Pastor Pete's here. Um, it's awesome being the new guy, so enjoy it. Um, and, and the band can go on and come up. I'm going to close with this. Um, we make our now. So we're talking about the past, freedom from the past, right? We make our now all about Jesus. Um, I'll tell you what, when you know that you're in his will, inflows peace, peace inflows. It's like no matter what happens, you have peace. And the Bible talks about peace that passes understanding. I mean, Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need uh, and thank, you, thank Him for all He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, 
which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Um, Now I thought about this. Right now in this room, every single one of y'all are doing what you're supposed to be doing. We've all made a good decision. It makes no sense to wake up on a Saturday morning and come to church. But, But we did it. I'm not saying it's bad. Come on. Who was that? Raise your hand. Who was it? Judgmental. Right there. I'm just kidding. I'm saying we... It is the best church in Benners. Let me rephrase that for you. Practically, sleeping in is for Saturdays. But everyone in this room is above the rest and got up to spend time with Jesus. There you go. Me and you would have been friends in class. Um, (laughs) We've chosen right. We did good. We're here. We make Jesus our everything. Oh, man, he, He loves us so much. You know, last night was all about Jesus. This morning, it's about Jesus. Today, it's about Jesus. As we live our lives for Jesus, we're in His will. And oh my God, it's so much peace. I have been through transition. I've had some hard hits in the past five years in ministry. But one thing I can say, I haven't made all right decisions, but every I've been in obedience. I've I've had failures. I've made mistakes. But I've Man, my, my everything is about Jesus. My everything is about pleasing Him and living my life for Him and bringing others to know Him. I've committed my life to that. So even when things don't look like I think they should, even when things don't work like I think they should, I have this peace that He's got me. I have this peace that, you know what? It's going to work out. This didn't work out, but I know it's for a purpose. And I may not be ex- able to explain that purpose right now, But later, I promise I will be. Everything that I've walked through in the past five years, I will be able to, in the future, explain why and how God was able to use it because I'm all about Jesus. I'm not a perfect man. I make lots of mistakes. I say inappropriate things all the time. I, I, I make a fool of myself sometimes with my mouth. That's my biggest enemy. But I promise you, I don't know if anybody can accuse me of of, of, of not being about Jesus and about Jesus' calling and about Jesus' purpose for my life. And it gives me so much comfort during those insecure moments. During those times where, man, you can't do that, Chad. You're stupid, man. Look at how much you failed back in the day. Man, those teachers hated you. You made teachers quit. You made teachers cry. They hated you. You can't do this. How are you going to make an impact? Man, that's a lie because I'm all about Jesus. Jesus is, I'm all about Jesus. And when we make our now all about Jesus, he, there's a peace that you should have and you walk in because he's got you. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. 
But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.